I love the recording button, and I love talking about Doug. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. Crickets. It's crickets. <laughs> <laughs> wow, got our stinger in one. Good I job, know, team. That, one <laughs> that one makes me sad. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Because I'm horny for Doug! And Jim. Rumors of my survival have been greatly exaggerated. Today, we cover episode 20, part 2 of Doug, and if you're following along on YouTube, this is episode 22. Uh, in all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 20, part 2's title is Doug Wears Tights. Whom amongst us? I feel like this episode was supposed to be horny, but the writers just like were feeling lazy and didn't have it in them. <laughs> this is just a- half-assing it. <laughs> this is a weird episode in a bunch of ways, not least of which the moral isn't totally repugnant. Yeah, I mean... There's like a couple of things they try and do with it. Like like you say, Jim, I like I was watching this and in the moment when they like go for one of the morals they're going for, I was like, wow, all right. Like, high fives, Doug. You actually kinda did it. But then Doug like completely takes something else from it and he's just like, Yeah, yeah whatever. This Doug's is actually a moron. To me. <laughs> I mean, this is supposed to this should have been an episode not from Doug's perspective, because like yes. the central tension is like BV not wanting to do what her mother says, and we don't get that until eight minutes into the up of an 11 minute episode (laughs) right the episode this reminds me of the most is the is mad dog's unfortunate picnic insofar as we don't really so much have one moral as we have like three little sub stories each of which sort of have a resolution and then we all try to tie it up at the end and don't succeed in doing so Right, and at the end, it, it, like, kind of, the moral almost becomes, like, wearing tights sucks, and, like, but, and that's why I think the title is Doug Wears Tights, which is, which is, like, the least important part of the entire fucking episode, right? Tights rock. (laughs) Explain yourself. Have you ever been in tights? They're so comfy and easy to wear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just, like, yeah, it's nice. They outline my my, my tiny penis in them. It's great. (laughs) It's just like a big every one of your muscle groups. (laughs) It's like it's it's hugging my pants. Anyway, so let's get into this episode. Uh, This episode begins uh, with, it's like zooming in on the the Bluffington Community Theater, uh, which is like a big building, right? It's like multi-story. It's like very wide it has multiple rooms we find out later like this place is yeah. huge our Count- tax dollars at work i spit yeah. on it <laughs> well I mean, if this again, was privatized it would be so much better well, <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> yeah that, you <laughs> say if, if sam <laughs> like it says uh community theater but it's like community theater but privatized <laughs> you know? it's one of those things where it's community theater but well We've had a couple of fundraising drives in sort of the same sense that PBS always thanks, insert such and such, incredibly wealthy foundation for keeping things going. Yeah, it's public in theory. 
That said, <laughs> if any of the major donors say, hey, can you cut the part that talks about how I use child labor in Malaysia, they cut that part for no apparent reason. Very right. little child labor from Malaysia is involved in ballet, however. Subliminally, like the message here is, well, since it's uh, owned by one rich family, everything's going great inside. Yeah, because mm. it's not a mess. They have plenty. Of, it's huge. They have plenty of resources. They have a ballet expert. Like it's, it's going <laughs> great. It's because of privatization, baby. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the kind of thing where, like, we're not really sure if Bluffington is actually like a democracy. From like, <laughs> there's like multiple views into this we've seen from like the mayor episode where the elections allegedly happened. From just like the way the town is run, it might be kind of like an oligarchical monarchy, it's, right? I think and it so, is an. It's definitely oligarchy. I mean, one yeah, one family. It's Virginia. That's a given. Yeah. It's Virginia. The fact that it's an oligarchy is a given. The question is the method by which that oligarchy perpetuates itself. And from what we saw in the mayor episode, it appears to mostly be based off of eventually the mayor might hand off his mayorship to somebody else when he gets bored or cowardly. Well, yeah, I mean, the mayorship is kind of just like a figurehead position, right? It's yeah, like, uh, the real ruler of the town is, of course, Mr. Bluff and will continue to be Mr. Bluff. Right, it's like a puppet government, and uh, like so, this community theater is privately owned, but the the whole damn town is privately owned, right? Yeah, it's a community theater in a very loose definition of the word community. Right. Well, okay, it's a community so, theater in that you can have people walk in off the streets and not immediately get arrested. And that they a, offer, there is, however, a countdown timer that ticks down starting at fifteen minutes. <laughs> and that they offer like probably free lessons and shows, right? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, given, again, given the low participation of Doug's family in this, it probably is free. Um, but, okay, so let's get into this. So uh, we zoom in into the theater, and uh, Doug says, The Bluffington Ballet was at it again. Their annual production of The Beat Cracker was just starting up. The Nutcracker is not copyrighted. <laughs> it's not. Okay, okay. What's so I the I joke in Beat Cracker? Okay, I have a reason. Aside for this. from Beat Cracker being what Jug is, I have a reason for this. Uh, so. I think, like, we've seen so many times them taking things that aren't, like, copyrighted, things that are, like, in public domain, like uh, Beethoven turning it to Beethoven and making the Nutcracker into the into the Beatcracker, right? Uh, I think everything in this town is just, like, a shitty knockoff, right? Like, I think all this stuff is, like, public domain, but they're, they just take it and privatize it and then sell it themselves in right. order to, like, make a profit off of it. Like, like yeah. basically, I imagine that all the stores at the Four Leaf Clover Mall are like when you look at those meme sites and they show you all the knockoff brand Pokemon. Like, I think that's the entire mall. Right. Because you are right when you say that, yeah, Nutcracker isn't copyrighted. But Beatcracker could be. <laughs> yes, exactly. I hate, to, I hate to bring up Warhammer, but it's like when they renamed elves to copyright them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elves, Oruks, Steamhead, Duarden, which were also the source of one of the finest lines. These aren't your daddy's dwarves. They're edgy. They're nude. They're libertarian. <laughs> well, same. we assume those are the same themes in the Beatcracker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, like, so I think that um, that's why, like, we'll see elements of, like, the Nutcracker. Like, I, I've, I've seen the Nutcracker a couple of times, and, like, I did some research into, like, the Nutcracker in prep for this. And, like, like so later we'll it's see. It's what happens like, when you snap somebody's balls really hard. 
<laughs> right. I mean, we'll see like like the Rat King, whereas there's like the Mouse King in the in the Nutcracker, right? I mean, but in this, there's the Rat King, and there's the the Beet Fairy as opposed to the Sugar Plum Fairy. You know what I mean? It's like they all just take it, and they modify it slightly so that they can profit off it. At the community theater. I love, yeah, I love the idea of trying to turn a profit at the community theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Really good. Oh. Well, so anyway, so Doug says, don't ask me what I was doing there. And then he tells of us. And yeah. <laughs> Who do we ask then, Doug? Well, then he tells us what he was doing there. He says that they were in line for like the tech part. Like they're in line to do like behind the scenes stuff. Um, and Connie. For some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Like, Skeeter, like, has apparently done this before. He's, like, worked sets in the past, and he wants to do lighting. And uh, BB, Connie, and Patty are in line to, to try out to be dancers, right? Um, and, like, everybody's, like, talking about, oh, man, Patty, you're, you're a great dancer. You're going to be the sugar beet fairy this year. Uh, and for once, they set up a plot point, right? They mm-hmm. set it up. They BB goes, I don't... Yeah, yeah, BB goes, Actually, I'd rather help design costumes anyway. But then she stays in line for dancers, but who cares? Fuck it. Um, yeah, no, they actually, there is a setup of the underlying conflict. That having been said, they also, in the opening bit, don't ask me what I was doing there. Who do we ask, Doug? Do we ask Skeeter? <laughs> yeah. Why were you there? If you, at some point during your busy day... Of wandering around town having anxiety attacks, you went to the Bluffington Community Theater ballet tryouts thing and decided that, yes, I'm going to sign up. I, I mean, I'm guessing Dream it's walking Doug. <laughs> I'm guessing it's because uh, someone told him he had to, right? And like, that <laughs> someone was almost definitely Skeeter who just said, yeah, I'm going to be doing the... Right. Ah, crap. I'm forgetting what it's called. What's the, the backstage lighting? workers thing? There's some word for that. Tech? Ballet yeah, tech. master. Yeah. <laughs> He's the ballet master. Uh, yeah. Copyright Games Workshop 2020. <laughs> right. Uh, so Connie is there and she's like, oh man, you boys should sign up. They're desperate for guys. They'll take anyone. <laughs> and they're looking for a beat prince. Even you two is what she says. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, credit to her. Slam dunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's an obvious dunk, but good on you for doing it. Right. So, and okay, so this like kind of throws me into something, right? So the Nutcracker is a story that's a, like, it stars kids, right? Like, like it's about hmm. kids who, like, they have Christmas time and they're given, like, these toys and then the toys come to life and they go to a magic land or whatever, right? And then they do CBT. Yeah. <laughs> it is also very much a more Christmassy type of story and um, it's still very clearly summer. Right, but, but like, okay, here's the question to me, though. So they're trying out for the adult parts. Who plays the kids? They're 11. Is it Dale? <laughs> Mr. Dink. It's yeah. definitely Mr. Dink. There's no question in my head. It's Mr. Dink. It's fucking Dink, yeah. They have, like, Doug's dad is the kid. <laughs> he didn't even know Doug was in it. He's just like, oh, hey, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not entirely sure why I have to go on this mystical adventure, but if you insist. Right. He's like, boy, kids these days have it so easy. They get to do the adult parts. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god. Mr. Bluff is into some weird shit. Yeah, but okay, so it's like I don't know. It, it, so they're like standing in the line, uh, and basically Doug and Skeeter are like, "No, yeah, no, dancing's for girls." <laughs> this, I'm gonna be, and Doug, specifically, Doug says, "I'm strictly a behind-the-scenes guy." You have a show, Doug. <laughs> you are have a TV show that you do. The title of your show is Doug. But that's your name, Doug. But you just had, in this same two-part episode, no, oh wait, it was the previous one, it was the fucking newscast episode where Doug was the star. I'm strictly a behind-the-scenes type of guy, except for when I'm the leading man for no reason. Because I was excited to be. Ugh. Because I got horny and signed the wrong piece of paper. No, but like, is that what happened in the behind-the-scenes episode, too? Or the, uh, sorry, the newscast episode? Yeah, they had like, to cut it for time. <laughs> Yeah, there was so much they had to get to there. There There's so much gold shit in there that they couldn't put a uh, major plot point in. And even in that one, the person who was behind the scenes in that episode was Connie. And Connie's not a behind-the-scenes person in this. Well, maybe she is, because she never gets to do anything. Yes, she is. She mysteriously disappears halfway through the episode. Yeah, we gotta dig into that, because they do Connie dirty in this episode. It's fucked up. Oh, man, but... Yeah, but okay, so Doug is, they're, they're in the line, and Patty, like, looks at Doug, and she's like, you two would look awfully cute in tights, and, like, she's not even talking to Doug, she's talking to both of them, right? Yeah, she's talking to Skeeter and, Ro- she's talking to Skeeter and Roger. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Did you ever see the uh, Rankin-Bass classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I don't think so, maybe. It's very good. It's absolutely adorable, and it does a couple of things that this does much better. But there is an entire sequence where our hero, having successfully hidden the great shame of his glowing red nose at uh, Junior Reindeer Games, is told by his beloved that she thinks he's cute. And in response, he screams, I'm cute! I'm cute! She says I'm cute! And just launches into the sky, his red nose glowing like the sun, demonstrating he can fly better than anyone else, but also he's a shameful mutant and must be excoriated by all. And they're trying to channel an energy kinda like that here, because Doug is just so enthralled, so wonderful. She said, I'd look cute if I did something. And so, with the hearts floating over his head, he walks over, cuts in front of the girls in line, (laughs) and signs his name on the I want to be a dancer page, while Skeeter's just watching like, okay, whatever, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he fucking shoves everyone out of the way. He's like, out of the way, losers, I'm in line now. My subconscious is taking over. (laughs) Yeah, and he takes up the whole fucking page when he writes it, too. (laughs) (laughs) And it's at this point that Vampire Princess Leia enters the stage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. Let's begin. Yeah, Miss Mimi, who is the, right, who is the We'll get there, Sam. We'll get there. Be patient. Right. So Miss Mimi is the ballet instructor, uh, and she, like, bursts out of the theater, uh, and she she picks up the paper. Like, she doesn't let Bibi or Connie sign up. She just picks up the paper, and she's just like, Oh boy, based on the way you wrote your name, you, Doug, will be the Beat Prince. And Doug goes, okay, 
<laughs> and then he goes, and he's just like, wait, what? But that 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 one moment is kind of awesome when he's yeah, just like, the wait, right. what? Like that is the most agreed I've ever been at a moment in Doug. Yeah. Like, All right, cool. That's fine. <laughs> it's the closest thing you could get to Jenkins just popping up in front of you like it was a Monty Python episode and just saying, "Look, this is the concession we need to get the plot rolling. Roll with me here, okay?" Yeah. Oh, man, but yeah, so that's what, after Doug has his realization of what he agreed to, uh, then it cuts to the title card, comes back, and everyone is congratulating Doug. Hooray, you did it. You made the cut by being a boy. Uh, And the teacher tells him that he has magnificent legs. Nothing here going on. (sighs) Incidentally, this is a art joke insofar as Doug is usually drawn with legs that are literally pink sticks. And later on, because they will have to be putting him in tights and they can't just draw him in that, they will have to actually give him legs, which is, <laughs> I have to imagine they brought in a specialized animator for that. I'm going right. to Photoshop Chung Lee legs onto Doug. You can't stop <laughs> me. Going to, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I imagine that they had to give him, like, so later we'll see that it, like, takes him a long time in the dressing room. It's probably because he's, like, shoving toilet paper and paper towels into his stockings. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he shoves toilet paper in every part except for his crotch. <laughs> girls go crazy for a guy who looks like he has calves, quads, or an ass. Right. Uh, well, so the teacher tells him. I will teach you. Mold you, whip you into shape. Are you tough enough to take it? See, this is trying to be horny, but they don't have it in them. Yeah. Well, Doug says no, and Porkchop agrees, and then she says, good, I'll see you in class. Is that a talking dog? (laughs) (laughs) It is also worth noting that Ms. Mimi is full on baguette and cigarette ho 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 level french yeah i was also uh i was also imagining that her name is spelled m e m e and so people today would call her miss meme <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite pokemon yeah <laughs> miss meme do dance attack god <laughs> miss may may miss meme right in impact font yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man well so and okay there's also did you guys notice that there's a machine behind them that says hot soda <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that rules yeah there's a drink machine and it's, uh, it dispenses hot soda bluffington <laughs> <laughs> is the most banal type of hell it's just like it's torture <laughs> but it's not like interesting to be an observer of <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh man, but okay, so uh, Enjoy a delicious scalding peppy syrup Try it for zest Yeah So, okay, so the, the, the teacher Miss, Miss Meme runs off And she says it's time for life to be The way it was meant to be With pointy shoes and tutus And Doug says, oh no, tutus Because he feels his masculinity Being questioned, I It guess. is also worth noting that that line just drops in Out of nowhere, apropos of nothing <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I like, think it's it's the same as the art teacher where they're just like, look at this wacky artist, right? This is also like sort of an offshoot of like 90s feminism where you like boys can do the ballet, but social pressures will keep them out of it. Right. Yeah. It's the perfect way to perfect way to enforce like patriarchal roles. Just right. don't don't do don't use the state. Just use everybody else. <laughs> You're allowed to do these things. It is legally permitted. That said, you should rightfully fear that you will suffer massive social opprobrium for attempting to change anything in even the slightest way. I don't know. I think this episode, as it goes on, like, addresses that. I think that's the good part about this episode, is that, like, they kind of take, they started out as like, oh, no, ballet is only for girls. But then they kind of just, like, make it fine they make it like no problem right but it also has the note of but you are right to think that ballet people are weirdos because i mean look at the meme lady of course i mean any they make any like artist artsy authority figure be kind of goofy in this show yes um but okay so like then they're walking away and uh doug says to skeeter he says hey skeeter is ballet very hard i've never tried it before neither is skeeter (laughs) yeah well is that true because what skeeter says next calls that into question oh shit and also if we assume that roger and skeeter are the same person oh fuck there it is that's it well yeah because we'll keep that in mind for later Uh, Yeah, because otherwise this next line makes no sense. But with what we already know, the fact that Skeeter has wisdom and advice on what ballet is makes a lot more sense. Right. Well, so Skeeter says that it's easy for the guy. You just stand there while the girl dances. The hardest part is putting on tights. And I... Skeeter has a huge dick, confirmed. (laughs) Right, he says they're just like regular pants, except tight. And they're like, that's cool. Um, and he says, if Patty is the sugar beet fairy, you two can be partners. And this is what launches Doug into his first fantasy of the episode. Uh, it shows Doug and Patty going out on stage in like an actual performance, and and then Doug totally fucking upstages Patty, and everyone claps for Doug, and no one claps for Patty, right? Yep. Yeah. It completely invalidates the statement that Pete Skeeter just made. Well, yeah, but this is Doug's imagination. In Doug's imagination, he is the center of attention and forever being venerated. We know this from everything. Remember the Doug Funny show starring Doug Funny, Funny and now introducing Doug Funny? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's just weird, though, because the direct advice just there was, you don't have to do anything. It's great, because the girl's the talented one. And then no one claps for Patty. Everyone applauds for Doug. <laughs> also, there is a shot of Judy in the audience bemoaning, I thought I was the artistic one. Right. Remember that last episode where the conclusion was uh, Doug whining about how dare Judy be so artsy? And there was also the episode where Doug was the genius artist painter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? The timeline doesn't matter. We know this. Uh, maybe Look, I understand all younger siblings forever exist in the desperate hope that they might one day overshadow their <laughs> older siblings. And no matter what excellent qualifications they develop or how successful they are in life, I will always be your superior, you two. This is just a <laughs> fundamental fact of reality. 
<laughs> Damn. Uh, well, wait, wait, okay, hold on. I think, I'm just thinking about it now. Uh, I think that the timeline goes that this, we, we previously said that one of the first episode was the newscast episode, but I think this episode comes before the newscast episode because Doug mm. thought he was a behind-the-scenes person, and then this one taught him that he could be more than that, and then later in the newscast one, he went to being the star, right? So... I, and, and also those two happened before the painting episode because that's when Judy saw that Doug could do creative stuff, right? Yeah, this is the second day of school and the newscaster episode is the third day of school. Yeah, like we're, we're gradually pushing episode, every episode <laughs> We're making back a back. timeline, gentlemen. The pilot, of course, occurs a year and a half later. Yeah, we need to actually write this timeline now. That would be awful. <laughs> I'm just picturing a like, endorsement there. <laughs> yeah. You know that Pepe Sylvia thing from Always Sunny in Philadelphia? The meme? No, you know, like the entire <laughs> grotesque, like, series of uh, red string on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the classic. That's the what classic. this is going to end up looking like. Obviously. And the only real question is what gigantic letters are going to be scrawled over it. No, this is going to break up the podcast because we're all going to get too heated about our own timelines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be an episode where there's just like 10 minutes of dead air as we all slam our mics on the ground <laughs> and come back and go, oh, this is, this is the last episode. <laughs> you believe the chrono break was between episodes 20 and 23 and not, as it clearly is, episodes between episodes 3 and 74. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I can't work like I will this. not hear this where do the shadow episodes fit into the canon huh yeah. <laughs> don't even get me started on the disney episodes we say 10 years later in our reunion <laughs> <laughs> we try to do like a reunion get back together like make up everything tour and we just get pissed at the disney episodes <laughs> Perfect. oh man well let's remember this the good days <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, but wait, there's also one other thing about this fantasy, right? Um, you mentioned that Judy is there. Duck's parents are also here in the fantasy, but being they don't proud of anything. him. <laughs> right? And this yeah. is the only time we see them in the whole episode. True. Like, there's a fucking... I wrote down in my notes, I was like, I wonder if they'll be at the actual performance. And they're not. At least it doesn't show of them. Of course they aren't at the actual performance. <laughs> Why would you think they would be? I know. I just Why would you think, think Judy would be at the actual performance? I just, well, Why just... would you think anybody would be at the performance except for the five people who are... Doing the performance. Well, Judy's friend is like works at the community theater or something. But like, I I just wanted to see if they were consistent with their messaging here, and somehow they are. In the worst part. Oh God. Oh my God. Okay. But, so uh, then it cuts to like now we're in the studio. We're about to start practicing, right? And uh, Doug gets called out special from the uh, the dressing room. She's like, oh, Beat Prince, come out here. We're all ready for you. Yeah, he does say a very good line here. Oh, how do I keep getting into these messes? And it's a good line because there's an answer. It's because you've never learned how to say no, Doug. It's a thing you can <laughs> yeah. say. You can yeah. say, so I don't want to do this. Go. You just say no. I said no. I said no. <laughs> I mean... I have a really hard time with that. <laughs> In and of itself, this was just a throwaway line, as I would expect it to be. There would be a 
No, that's a good point. Why are you just leaving it over? In this case, it's actually priming you. Because that is why he got into this mess. And later on, we will see somebody else who is capable of figuring out that conclusion and acting on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, Doug gets called in like a dog. Like she whistles for him to hear boy. Yes. Uh, and like... BB is here. She wanted to do costume design, but she's here. Uh, well, we, it's kind of they're actually setting something up, uh, and so she says. The the, the instructor says to Doug, uh, "Now let's get you limbered up at the bar." And I pictured Doug just like going and chugging a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> also, part of the reason you do picture that I've been a broken record on this one for the last however long. Uh huh. Like, Doug is wearing his tights, so he has been given, like, people-shaped legs. But he still has Doug's upper body. You know how in video games where the head and the body are two completely separate models that just they swap out stuff for? Sort of the same thing's happening here, because Doug has been given the lower body of someone who has, I don't know, all right legs. But he still has the upper body and gut of a middle-aged man. Yeah. It's really weird to look at. <laughs> well, I it like makes it. him it makes him the perfect beat prince. <laughs> I makes guess. Him the only one they got, I guess. Uh, and so basically uh, she the instructor yells at Doug to shut up and tells him it's time to plie uh, and Doug thinks that means to go potty. No thanks, I just went before I got in these tights. It's BP, guys. <laughs> they referenced the BP. They finally did it. They finally made a BP joke. <laughs> uh, and it's I urine, folks. <laughs> I imagine this is just because uh, uh, she just called him over like a dog and she thought he was taking uh, him out for a walk and was like, you gotta go potty before we can be done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it turns out that Doug can't bend his knees at all, uh, and the instructor tells Evidence him, for Doug being a 40-year-old man continues to mount. Right, and just by doing so, he gets his ankles twisted up, uh, and then he, like, leaps off as the instructor insults him, so it's good, good starting for teaching him. This episode is basically ballet dumps, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, this is what yeah, you so get for trying to break gender roles, Doug. You're just going to be relentlessly owned by this woman. Well, apparently it pays off because the neck they cut to, having apparently done a montage in the background, they cut to Doug being okay at it as he uh, does what Ste Skeeter tells him he has to do and just stands there while a girl dances and uh, BB beats him up while he says she sucks at dancing. <laughs> good right? dynamic. Pretty good. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and then... Patty is like, hey, catch me, Doug, and leaps across the length of the entire studio, and Doug catches her no problem. It's like the fucking scene in uh, Space Jam at the very end where Jordan does the dunk. <laughs> yeah. like, Kinda, yeah. Doug cannot bend his knees without suffering excruciating pain, but he can catch an 11-year-old going full horizontal in his arms from a full leap. 
Yeah, and he catches it no problem. And so I, I think if we're talking like, you know, ballet gender roles here, this is like man needs to be big and strong, but not agile. He just needs to be able yeah. to have good upper body strength. Which suddenly that doesn't is a, That's right, though. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> it is a thing for male ballet artists. You have to be absolutely jacked to true. pull off some of the shit they have to do. Yeah. That is true, I guess. Uh, and that's what Doug yes, is doing in the Doug, as we all know from Coach Spitz and his assessment of boys, <laughs> that Doug has negative muscle mass, so what the fuck? Yeah, uh, maybe this, maybe this, uh, uh, this entire montage scene, they went into the hyperbolic time chamber. And maybe Doug this episode, like, this episode happens after the uh, episode where Doug does a fitness competition. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that one does happen later. Okay, so here's the time. Or there's a hyper, ba- <laughs> pardon me, we do need to use the proper terminology, the hyper ballet time chamber. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the hyper ballet time chamber. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the timeline right now is it starts with the baseball episode where Doug is weak of body. Then he does the fitness competition. Well, no, okay, the fitness competition takes place between this episode. He learns that he's left-handed, and having learned that he's left-handed, he goes into the fitness competition understanding that's what left and right are, and this grants him unfathomable power. Yeah, and and so then this episode starts, and then there's a cut in the middle of this episode where it goes to the episode where he does the fitness training, then it comes back to this episode where now he's strong, and then after this episode is when the newscast episode happens because he realizes that he wants to be a leading actor, right? We all we don't have to break up yet, right? I think we're okay. Stewing in silence. <laughs> the question of when Mr. Swirly is killed by drowning in his own ice cream remains unanswered, but we can agree on this provisional data. Yeah, that'll be after we learn more about the government, whereas right now in this episode, we sort of learn that it's an oligarchy, and we don't know yet that it's like a puppet mayorship. So, okay, we'll we'll, we'll come back to this. We'll come, we gotta finish this episode. Yes. We'll come back to this. We'll have uh, very animated discussion for hours after this episode is done that will right. conclude with one of us buying a gun. for hunting yes (laughs) hunting deviationists god okay so uh it's it's very weird okay so he like catches patty uh and then he like stares out the window and he sees that roger's out there uh and he's like walking by and doug is like holding on to patty this whole time and it's it's kind of weird to me because like Doug has like shit himself over the idea of holding Patty's hand before, but now he's like grasping her entire body for a good like 10, 20 seconds. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's just holding her and he goes into a fantasy world, which oh, God. as we all know, <laughs> the fantasies occur in real time. Yes. So absolutely. He is holding Patty. And then he vanishes off into the fantasy realm where he and Patty are balleting it up real good. Hooray, hooray. No, this is a different This is No, a different no, first fantasy. there's oh, that right, one. Right, right. And yep. then we zoom out of that fantasy. So he's already been sweatily holding Patty mayonnaise for about <laughs> 10, 15 seconds. Uh-huh. And then. Yeah, then we go into the big one. <laughs> yes. This is the horniest part of the episode. Uh-huh. Yes. Um. Yeah, we go into this fantasy, and because Doug, Doug in- has heard Roger outside, yeah, <laughs> he's Doug- inside a building, a <laughs> yeah. block away, and he's like, "Oh no, what if Roger finds out?" 
Sedonius wearing a pink tutu and a tiara in like a mm-hmm, featureless mm-hmm, backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Roger's giant head comes mm-hmm. down next to him. <laughs> and he says, Can't, I don't even have to add anything. There's just no. so many, so many different internet cultures being born right now. <laughs> yeah. Now I do have this comment to add. So mm-hmm. we did already establish these happen in real time. We know mm-hmm. that Doug immediately went into a flop sweat when he made physical contact with Patty Mayonnaise, as we learned from the uh, first part of the season finale for episode one. Doug makes noises when he touches yep. Patty's unguarded flesh. Uh-huh. Now, imagine if you're Patty Mayonnaise, and he's already been holding you for 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 seconds, awkwardly and sweatily. He hears Roger, and he immediately <laughs> changes to a different type of awkward and sweaty. Uh-huh. And, and so Roger's saying that he thinks he's in love in this thing, and then Doug runs back and forth, and all, like, Roger's goons are also giant, and he's, like, rudging into their feet and stuff. And, like, and, like yeah. one of them, like... Puts his head down and looks at him. He's like, so cute. And, and, and then Doug screams. And, and we know that Doug also makes the same like vocal intonations when he's in this fantasy And we fantasy zoom world out of the life. fantasy realm and Patty has just the most perfect line imaginable. Doug, Doug, you can put me down now. <laughs> and so I imagine that's because Doug had just started screaming like he did in the fantasy. <laughs> so Patty- <laughs> Meanwhile, Mrs. Meme is just looking at this like, ah, young love. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, oh, God, I wish anyone else would have tried out. <laughs> they have to make Doug wear shorts because he keeps popping in her action. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great moments in uh, high school drama for me was the time that we noticed on a taping of, I forget what the hell the play was, but there was some stupid thing where he had to dress up in old-timey swimsuits, and one, <laughs> of the, and one of the guys, very clearly before one of the numbers, had been having... Um, issues with the downstairs region and so as we're seeing this whole big fancy number and he's out in front and um well it's kind of painfully obvious he's having issues oh no uh, just the commentary from what every- kind of issues <laughs> no i believe no oh, what's the best way to describe it uh no he had a no. boner god uh, what does that feel like <laughs> no I wasn't there to touch it, Sam. If I was, okay. I'd let you know. Okay, so Doug comes out of this fantasy, and Patty just has this look of disdain on her face and tells Doug to put her down. Uh, and he does. Um, and then, like, it's revealed that Doug, the next day, Doug will be dancing with each girl as they try out for the part. Like, what in the world? Like, why does Doug not have to try out? Like, it's clear that other people, other boys are in this play, right? Well, it is but, not clear yet that that yeah, is Yeah, but it becomes clear. And also, but, like, you don't have to have a male character playing the male part. The, yeah. Half the point of theater is it's the imagination. Uh-huh. Yeah, you very usually have to have girls playing otherwise male parts on this stuff. Yeah. I, I don't it's know. Hard it's hard to it's get enough weird. dudes very frequently. Right. 
But then, okay, so the next scene is the part that it starts actually being, like, decent, right? All up to this, the episode's been trash. But we're about to get into the good part. Like, the actual, like, logic. I don't know. Doug's shame boner was all right. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, the pee-pee and- joke happened, too. Yeah. Did you miss never, it? Never. It was a joke never about mind. It's been a great episode. Uh, folks. <laughs> so... So Doug leaves the studio, uh, and then he sees Roger walk by in full tights, and he's just like, oh, hey, funny. Like, just totally fine. He's just like, oh, hey, funny, whatever. And Doug takes a minute to register this. He's like, wait, what? Doug- Roger's wearing tights? And Penny's like, yeah. He, they, they, he heard that they wanted a Rat King, and Roger was like, yeah, that'd be perfect for me. So... That's, like, cool, right? It shows that yeah. Roger is, like, it just, like, yeah, Roger whatever, don't dude. give a fuck. Yeah. Roger is confident in his masculinity. Yeah. And he's, like, not even, like, he doesn't give uh, Doug any kind of shit. He's not embarrassed. He's just like, yeah, sure, hey, this is, like, a hobby I like, you know? And yeah. It's, like, it's, welcome to the theater, funny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can actually be friends now. Maybe I'm, like, you know, maybe it was before that Roger was... Oh, really, I'm still, oh he's still going to give Doug vast amounts of shit, but he's going to give him shit for being a bad ballet guy, not right. for doing ballet. shit for being a bad dancer. Um, but okay. You so, call that jumping form funny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyway, Doug is like, huh, hey, all right. Uh, and he leaves the theater. Uh, then he walks out and he sees... Porkchop dancing. Porkchop is like listening to ballet music and he's like dancing, right? And he's like, oh, hey, Porkchop doesn't pay any attention to it. It's like, hey. <laughs> is that dog dancing ballet? <laughs> is that dog wearing a Walkman? Is, is, no, is that dog astray? Like, how did he get here? Dog doesn't say like, hey, Porkchop, how'd you get here? He's just like, oh, hey, dude. What up? <laughs> What's up? Oh, but so Doug looks around the corner and he notices that BB is there, and he's ta- she's she's talking to her mom. This is the first time we've seen her. Yeah, yeah. BB's mom has like a short haircut. She has like a blazer on. Uh, she's wearing like business style pants and like a pearl necklace. Uh, she's got those great late '80s, early '90s shoulder pads. It rules. Yeah, yeah. And also on the on her jacket, it has an O. And what does the O stand for? Like, is it? Is she like? Is it for like a business she owns? Like, I want to keep this in mind to see if like hmm. she Obama. runs Obama, right? Yeah, she's an early uh, Obama campaigner in in the early nineties. <laughs> when did he run for Senate? I don't remember. Um, he ran for Senate in like 2000s. the mid two thousands. Like, okay, in the nineties, he think. was nobody. Okay, so like, she the extent was of any information on Barack, the only thing anyone wrote about Barack Obama back in the late nineties was there was this one left-wing guy in Chicago who wrote just a thing about how the next generation of black activists was fucking doomed because now there's these really slick operators who are very versed in the language of liberation but have absolutely no commitment to it and will sell you out in an instant. Jesus. Well, That's the only thing that was written on him before, like, him giving a speech to the DNC. Huh. Well, we know we know from previous episodes that Jenkins may be able to see all time streams. So True. like this this may be like Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Bluff here may be one of his like original campaigners that took him from a nobody to like, hey, this guy should be a senator. She she is the first O'Bungler. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't know. That's I guess 
Thanks, Mrs. Bluff, for all you do. <laughs> Although we don't even know if, if Bluffington's in America. Like, if this is a True. Christmas play and it's summer, it might be Australia. <laughs> That's a good point. It might be some, like, oligarchical monarchy in Australia. <laughs> That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Oh, man. But, okay, so, like, BB is there, uh, and she's, like, talking to, she's talking to her mom. Sugar beet fairy, me? Darling, you're not gonna be stuck backstage doing dreary costumes. You're a bluff. You're gonna be the star. Remember, I own the Bluffington Ballet. Again, setting up a plot point. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <Damn. laughs> Eight minutes in, this is the central tension. Yeah, you also have an interesting thing here because the conflict is something that has been heretofore completely unseen in Doug. Yeah, BB's mom's a helicopter parent. BB's mom is also trying to do something good for her daughter. It's just that she doesn't <laughs> recognize the fact that her daughter doesn't want that good thing done to her, as opposed to Doug, who would just settle for his parents acknowledging his existence. Oh, man. Well, maybe off screen, the reason why Doug became a uh, became the sugar beet prince or the, the, the prince or whatever is because like off screen, Doug's dad was like making like throat slitting motions at the at the uh, Mrs. Meme. <laughs> He's like, better make him a prince. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, that's the only explanation for why he doesn't have to try out. <laughs> because there's no other, like, no, we have another explanation. We're about to see it. We get to the Rogers part of the audition. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, so then we cut to the audition. Uh, and it's showing that, uh, like, it's it's at the end of Roger's audition. Roger is in full costume. He's dressed as the Rat King. And he's got a, his minions as the rats behind him. Yeah, they're all in full costume, too, which you don't audition in full fucking costume. Right! Well, here's the thing. I think that Roger had to, because Roger actually has to try out. For some reason, they made Roger try out, probably because the bluffs were like, we don't want his kind in here. And, like, they... But they, they had so the they, ultimate rebuttal to that in the form of, these are literally the only people applying for the part. Well, but that's why he even had to try out. They just gave it to Doug. Whereas yeah. Roger, they were like, well, you know, I bet we could scrounge someone up. And then Roger had to demonstrate that he's actually a banging dancer to be able to do this, right? And he's capable of manipulating his rat minions to do whatever he wills. Right. And that's another thing that's kind of fucked up, right? Because, like, uh, the rats, like, the, the, the Mrs. Meme is like... Oh, Roger, that was magnificent. You will, of course, be the Rat King. And then she, like, looks at the his, his minions and is like, as in, you will be, uh, rats. And, like, so, like, who knows? Doug was as shit as them at the time, but they didn't get any special treatment. They could have been the Beat Prince, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's weird to me. It's also very funny because uh, one of those, one of Roger's minions is the mayor's kid. Yep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we know That's who true. matters in this town. Right, yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is uh, Mrs. Bluff putting the mayor's kid in his damn place because his dad's just a figurehead. <laughs> Though, also, I would like to note that in the upcoming part where all of the girls have to try out, all of the girls is BB and Patty. Yes, Connie has ceased to exist. No, the worst part is she's there. She's sitting next to BB and Patty, but she doesn't ever try out. Like. So, okay, let's walk through the tryouts right here, right? Because, uh, so Roger finishes, he's great. Uh, now it's time for Doug and Patty to dance. Patty does something pretty simple, and everyone applauds. They're like, great job, right? Uh, 
Then it goes to Bibi's audition, who her mom introduces her. And then she starts, it starts out like pretty complex, right? It starts out as like a paired motion. Yeah. And then they start like doing other stuff, right? Her, her audition is way more complex than Patty's. Yeah. Doug narrates telling us that Patty was really good. And then Bibi came up. Yeah. And, and he also wishes her good luck. He didn't wish Patty good luck. Hey, Bibi. Good luck. Thanks, but I won't be needing it. Yeah, I know. Because BB is not pumped about this. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and like, BB, like, also specifically, like, she they do the complex stuff, and then she, like, puts her tiara over her head and spins into the nothing and, like, crashes all the, the set, right? And, of course, uh, BB's mom blames Doug for this, but she blames it on him in a very fun way. Yes, <laughs> yes she does. That's my favorite line. Sam, you want to take this one? You little clown! <laughs> yeah. yes, Only you... Uncle Happy can call me a clown. <laughs> you come from bad seed, funny. <laughs> yeah, she goes, What is that clown doing to my poor baby? While they ride under the curtain. Um, You'd better not be making more clowns under there, young lady. <laughs> Well, I think maybe what it is is that BB briefly see or BB's mom uh, briefly sees the ghost of Uncle Happy. She's like, "What is that clown doing? <laughs> Just doing a joke." Yeah. <laughs> Time to dance, dog. <laughs> Put the tutu on. <laughs> Where is dress, dog? On a metal level, I'm really shocked how much Uncle Happy has come to become a very pivotal piece of our Bluffington mythos. He's such a throwaway character in just that one episode, but he keeps on being relevant. (laughs) Uncle Happy is, like, one of the big figures. You know, like, when we're talking about making these plots of the timeline with the connecting string, Uncle Happy will be, like, the mob boss at the top. (laughs) It's like, who is Uncle Happy? It all comes back to Happy. It all yeah. comes back to the old clown trunk. Yeah. Oh, God. But, like, so, <laughs> so so basically then they, like, walk off the set after having fucked up the audition. Uh, and Beanie's mom oh, comes Oh, Roger behind. is absolutely eating this up. Roger is dying laughing at this. Yeah, as well he should be. Maybe he sees Uncle Happy, too, and he's like, good joke, Uncle Happy. <laughs> And, uh, but then, like, Beebe's mom comes to the back, and she confronts Doug, and she, again, she goes, you little clown! (laughs) My favorite line in Doug so far. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) You little clown, what have you done? You ruined Beebe's audition. (laughs) Every day of my life, I've been beset by clowns. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> capering and gesturing, piling out of cars too small for them, doing yeah. pratfalls. When will it end? Yeah. And uh, Bibi says that no, it wasn't Doug's fault. Uh, she threw the audition on purpose because she wants to do costumes. And Doug and Skeeter are audibly surprised, even though she told them this weeks ago, and also Doug, like, heard her say that to her mom. Wait, you can tell parents you don't want to do something? What? Oh, that's what, you think that's what they're surprised at? It's not that, uh, oh, wow, BB wants to do costumes. They're surprised that she has the audacity to stand up to her parents. You're capable of not immediately obeying authority? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, 
And then this is the part where there's like a like a decent message, a decent moral, right? Uh, the mom goes, What? But why, baby? You wanted that part. No, I didn't. You wanted it for me. I wanted to do costumes, remember? Huh? Besides, Patty's a million times better than me, and all the kids would have hated me if I got the part. I'm sorry, baby. I didn't know. That's because you never listen. The mom kind of takes this to heart, right? At least for now. That's the most unrealistic part about this. True. (laughs) But it is also the exact polar opposite of let's take you all the way back and also forward to the pilot, to the very first episode of Doug. Yeah. Remember, be happy. Uh Remember, well, kids these days have so many advantages we didn't. Be happy in response to your son charging off into the void, carrying a net to meet up with God knows who at 7 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> and your yeah. reaction to that in its entirety is, I one, grump about it, two, well, don't talk to him. That'd be weird. <laughs> we yeah. have here the antithesis of Doug's basis. We have a rebuttal to the concept of Doug being presented <laughs> as a moral. That's true. And, and that's good, though. Like, oh, yes. It's positive. extremely good. And... I, this is about the end, yes? No, wait, no, Almost. we have to get to the conclusion. But I want you to keep that in mind, because I got some closing thoughts for us. Yeah. And so, basically, uh, the mom's like... And as for you, young man, I'm sorry I called you a clown. You're not a clown. You're, you're a little boy in tights. A little boy in tights who does jokes on the stage. And has the name tag happy. For no apparent reason, and who occasionally has put some manner of covering on his face. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so then BB congratulates Patty, even though Connie never got to go. Like, yep. nope. Connie's done dirty in this episode. It's fucked up. We forgot Connie existed. <laughs> but she was there. She's in the audience. She also didn't want to dance either she just wanted to do costumes <laughs> no that was bb connie connie wanted to dance i thought they both didn't want to dance no Man. connie never got the connie just wanted to hang out with doug <laughs> god but like and she was dancing and also wait when we were doing the training connie never got to dance there either nope it was just bb and betty god damn yeah. connie is just sort of also there like this is Connie's- the god you know there's that old ass meme of uh the guy looking at the hot girl saying why did they always go for that type of boy and the girl standing by saying why did they always pine over that kind of girl like, this is pretty much that straight up. It's so wrong. Like, like Connie seems like a nicer and cooler person than Patty. I don't know. Like, well, Connie are... seems like more of a character than Patty. Because <laughs> Patty is, again, being viewed through the lens of Jim Jenkins' remembered childhood crush. Who yeah. exists only as an object of his gratification. Whereas he interacted with the Connies of the world on a more actually acknowledging they're a human basis and therefore they were not objects of desire oh no oh no but yeah so she I guess doesn't get to go and hey they now patty's the sugar bee fairy and they show the performance they show that oh we cut to the actual show and the theater's fucking packed this is a huge audience there's nothing else going on in the suburbs of richmond virginia 
I'm just saying, this is a town of 20,000 people. This theater is huge, and it is packed, right? I have, again, like, I've mentioned that I grew up in a small town of, like, a very small town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The high school gymnasium was packed for play performances, including people who were not related to anyone there because there was literally nothing else going on. I recall one occasion where I was, like, when we went to church, the priest commented that, oh, by the way, such and such high school is doing a production (laughs) of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat next week. If you want to check that out, please do. And nice. people went nice. in a small town where there's nothing else going on. Sure, there's a high school play. Whatever. It's something <laughs> to do that's not sitting around watching TV. Fair enough. Let's go watch uh, Mr. Dink be the kid on Christmas who meets Doug the Nutcracker. And watch a couple of 11-year-olds try and fail to do ballet. It's good for a laugh. Yeah. Let's watch Roger Klotz dress up as a rat. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so this finishes out. Uh, we go to Doug in his room, writing in his journal, and he says, I don't think I'll be dancing in any more ballets. They make me dizzy. But it was fun trying something new. Not canon. Wrong. As for wearing tights, well, I don't recommend it, uh, unless you're a trained professional. Uh, all right. <laughs> sure. Ah, right, okay. oh, cool. All right. Well, I think that's what he took from this whole episode. That's why the episode is called Doug Wears Tights. That's the only thing he fucking took from this, right? Tights is whole gross. Moral for him. Ew. Yeah. The moral is, much like the last time we had an episode that was mostly centered around another character, and Doug drew the conclusion, I'm left-handed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, the title of that episode should have been Doug's left-handed. <laughs> like, this one was, well, somebody else had a moral breakthrough and learned a lesson. Meanwhile, this is the part of it that impacted me. Tights are unpleasant. <laughs> and that gets to be the episode title. Oh, uh, well. And then it closes out with an attempt at a joke that Pork Chop is dancing and Doug freaks out about how, wait, you're dancing? Yes, Doug, he was doing this earlier in the episode. You must have missed yeah. it. Yeah, and he goes, I know this lady, Miss Mimi, even though Porkchop was there when he met Miss Mimi. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this just stinks of we couldn't come up with a way to end the episode, so the dog does something weird. Whatever. Their hearts weren't in it for this one, I don't think. <laughs> but they almost got him all right. Yeah. And the dog winks at the camera at the end. Like, he knows the audience is there. It's like, yes. you could finally get to leave, audience. <laughs> yeah. It's finally over. You mentioning how it is weird that this episode has a moral, and that makes it unlike any episode of Doug. I looked this up once I was done with the episode, because this episode felt weird to me. And I looked up who wrote this episode. Jim Jenkins does not get a writer's credit on this one. The guy who does is by the name of John Wolbrook. John Wolbrook did two episodes of Doug ever. This was the last one he was allowed to do. The huh. other one he did was the Fentruck episode. Okay. You may recall, in the Fentruck episode, we had a similar sort of a good moral being arrived at by really stupid routes that also was you strange Doug episode because it was about mostly another person and learning to take another person's feelings into account. That is why this entire episode feels so off and why it is so anathema to what Doug is and why John Wolbrook got kicked out on his ass and told, don't come back here no more. 
Or maybe he left on his own accord because he's like, man, I can do better. Like, I can I can make something. Uh, I checked out the man's IMDB. That did not happen. But uh, I see. the uh, <laughs> I put it to you, people of the jury, that John Woolbrook was kicked off for writing a Doug episode that suggested authority should not be unquestioningly obeyed at all times. Hmm. Possibly. Interesting. Because I don't think, like, uniting feature of those episodes is they're mostly about other people and how Doug has to start thinking about what other people feel and how they react to the world around them. And no, no, that's not how this works. This show is about me. This show is about me and what I feel. This show is about how I feel weird in tights, not about how BB could, you know, told her mom that she needed to uh, act out on her own stuff. This show isn't about how an immigrant might be misunderstood. This show is about me. Me. Forever. I am the only thing that exists in the world. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe. Oh, shit. If it were up to me, the show would actually be about me, Sam. That's just one man's opinion. It's a fair counterpoint. Would you call it Doug? It's urine, folks. (laughs) Walked into that one. This the show would just be called Dick Joke. Anyway, <laughs> sounds like a good show. Nope. I, I so, <laughs> my name's Dick. Yeah. His name's Joke. Oh. Together we fight crime. God. Yeah, I I like that that theory, Jim. That's interesting. Maybe we should start like paying more attention to the writer's credits because like maybe maybe that will influence our like we've talked about like groupings of Doug episodes. Maybe this will allow for context. Yeah, because there's also going to be some degree of. You'll betcha that uh, when you see callbacks to previous episodes, it's going to be somebody who had written that bit in previously. Yeah, it was like their pet product or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Well, I wonder how it'll go when... It'll also allow us to write in the parallel timelines of Doug, because the idea that there's a single timeline is, of course, flawed, as we've learned from documentary series Legend of Zelda. There are multiple timelines that occasionally intersect. And that's shown especially because these episodes are out of order. Yes. Because, like, the production and the air date. And also, we're talking about timeline date. Man, we gotta make this chart. (laughs) The grand unified theory of time sickness. Yeah, all right. Well, catch us when we get our doctoral theses on this. Oh, man. Subscribe to the Patreon. We gotta send Sam to the center of the hollow earth still. (laughs) Right. We'll send you and me to honorary uh, online college, and we'll send Sam to the center of the hollow earth, <laughs> where everyone wins. There we go. Oh, all right. Well, let's cut this one here, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.